Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Eclipse Day to everyone today. Uh, there's a solar eclipse on the last anoretic degree of Aries today. We're going to take another look at this eclipse. And um, today what I thought would be interesting uh, is to look at the different kinds of lessons or teachings or insights that may be available to us through some of the main signatures of the eclipse, especially the fact that this eclipse is at an anoretic degree, squaring Pluto, hosted by the fallen Mars and Cancer. Uh, so we're going to look at some of those things in depth today in terms of the kinds of not only the kinds of themes you might notice, but the kinds of insights and lessons that may be available to us right now. Um, so that is our agenda for today. Before we get into it, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe when you share your comments. It really helps the channel to grow. So uh, always appreciate hearing from you guys. You can find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com. I want to take you over to the website right now because, as you guys know, we are in the midst of enrollment season for my upcoming program, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic. It's a one-year course in ancient Hellenistic astrology with a sort of fusion of modern archetypal astrology, psychological astrology. So it's a, it's a nice blend between ancient and modern uh, forms of astrology. If you go over to nightlightastrology.com and click on the courses page, you'll see the first year course. You can scroll down to learn more about it, see what alumni have had to say about it. You uh, get 30 classes on the year. They're all two to three hours each, including a lengthy Q&As at the end of every session. So sometimes they go all the way up to about three hours. Um, so anyway, those are all recorded. So you can attend live or you can um, follow along with the recordings at your own pace. We also have 12 guest lectures that come in. Uh, we have an interactive group forum discussion that's staffed by tutors. You can ask questions, get an answer within 24 hours. We have breakout study sessions in between units if you need extra support. All sorts of built-in bonus material, uh, reading and um, additional videos and quizzes and things like that. So there's a ton of uh, material there to support you in either developing a practice or in just deepening your love and knowledge of astrology, which is a gift that really gives uh, back your whole life long. The more you know about astrology and the more able you are to read charts, even if it's just for yourself, family, friends, um, you have an, an incredibly valuable tool that can help you navigate the different seasons of life. What to speak of those of you who also may be called to read for other people, which is something we really hope that a lot of our graduates do and a lot end up going on to have their own practices. At the bottom of the page, you'll see some payment options. We have the early bird payment, which saves you $500 off. There's a payment plan. You can spread things over 12 months. And then what I'm really making sure that we get the word out about is our need-based tuition. Um, we have a limited number of spots available in every program that allow for people to take the program at a discounted rate because you have a uh, fixed budget, you're, you have a tighter income, and you can't, uh, we don't want people to go, you know, and, um, harm themselves in, in their, you know, their livelihood. Uh, and so we have for people who, you know, maybe only working part-time or in between jobs, or, you know, you've got, um, you're both working, you got kids and we understand, we understand how life goes. So if you are in a situation where you'd love to study, but you need a little bit of help to do so, tell us your situation, apply now, and, um, we'd be glad to work with you. Please do that early because we do have a limited number available and we're trying to avoid the situation that often happens, which is we get flooded with requests uh, the last week before the program starts. So we're just trying to avoid that, get the word out early, apply early, and we'll get back to you and get you set up right away um, if you qualify. So uh, take a look at that um, on the page. If you have any questions, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, well, let's take a look at the real-time clock and remind ourselves of what the heck is going on today, and that is a solar eclipse in the sign of Aries, the last anoretic degree of Aries. The sun crossing over into Taurus 
today will also be moving into a square with Pluto. So it's a very Plutonian eclipse, uh, which adds to the theme of power, depth, intensity, forceful transformation. Um, but also the last anoretic degree of Aries with the sun exalted uh, doubles down on the same theme. So we're, you know, we've got we've got fire and Plutonian Hades-like transformation in the air around this one. What to speak of the fact that this eclipse is also hosted by a powerful but debilitated Mars in Cancer. And then we also have the fact that at the halfway point of this cycle, if we go a little bit further in, what's going to happen between now and the full moon? Well, by the time we get to the full moon, we are talking about a lunar eclipse in Scorpio with the moon in its fall, but there'll be mutual reception between Mars and Cancer and the moon in Scorpio, which is very interesting. So we are moving into a very Marsy, very Plutonian uh, eclipse cycle with some very powerful signatures. Uh, for example, at the time of the full moon, we're gonna have a sun conjoined Uranus moment. So super powerful and um, yeah, but just very powerful looking stuff in the uh, next this next lunation cycle. So today what I wanna do is given the fact that we have the signature of, of the anoretic degree, the last degree of Aries, which is a very powerful degree, but one that usually points toward um, the the deconstruction the chaotic or destructive elements of of nature right and then the plutonian element which is the death and rebirth trigger and then the fact that we have mars and cancer underlying everything so five lessons that i think we can draw on from the solar eclipse in aries and this was actually also informed by an I Ching reading that i did this morning uh focused on this eclipse and what kinds of lessons it might provide. Uh, if you want to take a look at that reading, I'll give it to you right now. It's hexagram 51 with the fifth line changing, which leads to hexagram 17. So uh, that would be the hexagram of um, thunder uh, or shock. Sometimes it's called shock. And it leads to um, the hexagram following. So I'll be kind of explaining that in certain pieces as I go along here. But lesson number one, now these are not, this is not like an exhaustive list. You could come up with others. And in fact, if you have other things to add that you think would be valuable, please do add them into the comment section. Number one, avoidance makes things harder. Now I'm saying this because you can't avoid things that are taking major events taking place at anoretic degrees have been cooking for a long time. The early part of a sign is about creation. The middle is about maintenance and the end is about destruction, like the Hindu trinity of gods that you have uh, carrying those modalities. When you get to the very last degree of a sign, it is the end. And you can, you know, it's, it's the, it's the bill that's come due, so to speak. And I don't mean that with any punitive uh, sense like, oh, you did something wrong or, or that you're being punished or anything like that. I just mean that <clears throat> this is something that's been cooking for a while and we're reaching a point of no return, a point of transformation that cannot be avoided. The other thing is that Mars in Cancer hosting an eclipse at that degree Mars and Cancer, one of the things that, you know, Cancer, like, like the crab, like scuttles sideways, right? It goes, it tends to go around things. And this is an eclipse that may call into question um, the way that we've been going about things and whether it is direct enough or effective. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that, frankly, Mars and Cancer sometimes will struggle with... Um, being afraid or of avoiding things that are difficult. And then you also have the signature of Mars and Cancer of getting up the emotional courage to face things. And both of those are Mars and Cancer. So you could see 
some Mars and Cancer natives will be incredibly like brave and protective and assertive emotionally, and others that will tend to get walked on a lot or collapse into fear and um, being, you know, um, too passive or timid or something like that. So one of the lessons that I think is built into like kind of baked into this eclipse is the fact that something is happening that we can't avoid and trying to avoid it because we're scared or afraid or, you know, taking a more passive approach could, could be, uh, maybe it might not work so well. So, you know, and this is just, these are just lessons that I've seen from people uh, over the past couple of weeks with Mars and Cancer, as well as just Mars and Cancer natives, uh, you know, over long periods of time is that one thing that can happen with Mars and Cancer is that you, there's a fear of dealing with difficult, um, tumultuous emotional spaces. And I think this eclipse is asking us to face some things head on and to recognize that we've, we've reached a point where something can't be avoided. We have to just deal with something. Um, and summoning the courage and the, um, you know, the, the faith in ourselves that we have the resources we need to do this, to, to face something. I think that's implied in this eclipse potentially. So avoidance makes things harder. Let's face things. Let's face things that, you know, there's a podcast my wife listens to called uh, We Can Do Hard Things. And um, I've listened to it a few times with her too. And it's pretty, I like the podcast. It's pretty neat. But anyway, like the, the, the slogan for this eclipse, we can do hard things. Avoidance makes things harder. We can do hard things. We can do it. We can face hard things. Number two, being honest about our needs is clarifying and healing for everyone. Aries is very assertive. It's a sign that sometimes, um, you know, it's so assertive that it can feel like it's bullying or domineering or like self-centered or, or like, um, you know, there's not, there's not a great sensitivity or awareness sometimes of the needs or realities of other people. That's how strong Aries can be. Sometimes not intentionally, just by virtue of the fact that it's just this flaming, hot, assertive Mars sign, sign where the sun is exalted. Mars and Cancer underlying this eclipse could be, especially since it's at an anoretic degree, what kind of boiling point could we be reaching? This is how I feel. This is what I need. And it's been hard for me to say this. It's been hard for me to let people know who I am or what I need or what I'm all about. Um, so being honest about who we are, what we need, where we're going, uh, even though it could upset other people, and that might be the great fear of Mars and Cancer with the, the eclipse in Aries is, I mean, maybe you could have someone who's just bulldozing other people under an eclipse like this. But I think one of the, and of course, that would be um, not very cool. But <laughs> but uh, another thing that we could run into would be I'm having a hard time letting people know who I am, what I want, where I'm going, what I need, because I'm afraid of conflict. I'm afraid of disappointing people or of or of um, not being met or respected. And the truth is that when we are becoming uh, some new version of ourselves or we're, you know, we're evolving in some ways personally, not everyone's going to be along for the ride. In fact, some people will resist because they don't appreciate that they can't stick the same old projections on you that they have in the past. Oh, well, you don't make such a nice mirror for me to look at myself in any longer. Or you know, there's something about uh, about who you're becoming or where you've gone with your life, the choices you've made, the people you've chosen to surround yourself with, or the lifestyle or religion or the subjects like astrology that you get into. And some people go like, well, I just, you know, I just don't like them anymore. I don't like where they've, I don't like what they've become. And so we know that 
And because, because that's not an easy thing to deal with, and it can mean the breaking of various emotional bonds in our life, we'll avoid it. We'll just avoid it at all costs, being real about who we are, who we're becoming, what we need, uh, you know, and so forth. So being honest about those things, though, is clarifying and healing in the end, because well, let's say there's a few people who don't want to be around you anymore. There's people who are upset or there's some level of trauma you have to revisit or there's a testing of bonds that happen or, you know, whatever the case might be, excuse me, um, facing that and going through it, generally speaking, will be very healing because you'll feel stronger and better about yourself. You, you'll start uh, probably getting into healthier patterns where your needs and your more honest, authentic self-expression is, is, uh, is present. Um, and then if there are people who just can't hang, well, good riddance, you know, not, I mean, not to be a jerk, but like, you know, good riddance. If they, if they can't, uh, if they can't hang with you in the way that you are and who you're becoming and what your honest needs are and so forth, then, you know, then that's good because then there probably will be new relationships and new people coming that fit better. So we can't be afraid of doing some, you know, uh, some emotional spring cleaning and uh, being honest is the starting point for that. Uh, we can be honest without being a jerk. We can honest, we can be honest without being antagonizing or without being um, bitter or resentful. We can just be honest and start to experience that clarifying and healing effect of our honesty, which will spread around us. Other people may be honest in return. Maybe we have to hear some hard things or face some hard things about other people too. But usually that is clarifying for everyone if we can get past the fear of that open, vulnerable sharing and just, just being a little bit more assertive. Those are, those are the Mars and Cancer dynamics. Three, failure is often the first sign that forgiveness is coming. Now, I can't, I can't, I really can't express how much this one has meant to me personally over the years. Um, there's been a variety. I noticed in the news recently that um, as Sun and Jupiter were coming together and we talked about the potential death or uh, scandals and uh, uh, challenging events related to leaders. And I mentioned political leaders and, you know, people who are Sun-like or Jupiter-like, that uh, there was this scandal involving the Dalai Lama which, you know, um, that was really disheartening to, to read about. And I'm not, um, I'm not going to sit here and issue any condemnation or judgment. I'm just simply, that's how, that's what my response was. It was just a little shock and disappointment. Um, but also what I find really interesting, having gone through this a number of times in my life with a father who was a minister who had a, you know, pretty serious nervous breakdown and some huge moral spiritual failings, having witnessed them at times in my life in myself, in shamans I've worked with, in gurus and religious communities. And, you know, like um, there's always this temptation to sort of, I don't know what the phrase is, like throw the baby uh, with, with the bathwater. I think that's the phrase. And one of, and I'm, and I, and I'm certainly not condoning anything, right. Any, any kind of um, poor choices or, or, um, you know, unethical actions or anything like that. But what I've noticed in my life is that when someone fails me um, or I'm really disappointed in someone because I, I feel like they've, they failed in some way, morally, ethically, maybe they failed me as a friend or whatever, um, or I've failed. I mean, probably more regularly that that's the experience um, is that it, it's usually a sign that a deeper 
for me anyway, that a deeper level of letting go of forgiving and of, in, in, un, of inviting uh, a kind of com compassionate understanding, even if the compassionate understanding is just sort of throwing my arms up and saying, well, this only reiterates the realities of uh, impermanence, suffering, pain, hardship, fallibility, vulnerability. We're, we're fragile beings. Um, and we, you know, we all have demons. And at this point in my life, it's like, I don't need any more, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I don't, there could be, you know, more failure on my part or on the part of people that I admire. And I don't think anything at this point would shock me in terms of what people are capable of, you know, I mean, it, I'm sure it could get a lot more real and terrible, uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that people can be capable of very dark things and of, of failing. And of by contrast, that the same people who can fail so intensely, so deeply can be capable of um, so many good things too. And that complexity is part of what I feel that we are learning to live with. Not only learning to live with, but learning to appreciate. And I don't mean appreciate in some unicorn, uh, you know, false positivism. You know, like I, I'm not talking about some kind of rose-colored glasses that uh, uh, condones and and uh, looks aside at the darkness. But I still feel like one of the beautiful things about failure is the 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 way that it invites me more deeply into my humanity and an experience of humanity. Speaking of nature, of our of our nature and of nature itself of the fact that it is a complex phenomenon that includes um, pain and suffering and confusion and, um, and, and seriously falling short at times. But I, I also know that when those things happen, I always come to have a, a deeper, like quieter, more mysterious and poetic appreciation for life. It, it comes eventually. And, I feel like when failure comes, it's like, oh, well, pretty soon the forgiveness reigns are coming. Um, and that just seems to be a part of the archetypal pattern that there's the, the failure is like a, is like, you know, the, the sun burning too bright and, and everything gets dried up and it's like, a, it's like a drought. And all of a sudden we're just, you know, we're burnt out from the feeling of things not, not working out. But I've noticed that where there, if I can step into that space and really feel those big feelings that uh, not in not too long, the forgiveness rains come. And I think that, you know, one of the things that can happen with the sun in an anoretic last degree with Mars and cancer, Scorpio eclipse coming is we may be half, we may be faced with frailties, the fragile, vulnerable, failing places in ourselves and in life. Our organs will fail us eventually. You know, our parents often fail us. We fail as parents. Our lovers fail us. We fail as lovers. All different ways in which we fail. Um, I think what's more important than getting stuck on the on the failure is to uh, keep watching what happens. That failure is just the first, you know, failure is just like the first part of uh, a sequence of events. And it often leads to this kind of 
rain. The, the rain is, it's like Saturn in Pisces a little bit too, right? The, it's melancholic, but, um, but cleansing and purifying. I think there's a lot of that coming in a very emotional um, moon cycle with a full, full moon sol lunar eclipse in Scorpio with the moon in Cancer as well. Anyway, number four, shocking or disturbing events are natural. So here's the thing is you get into eclipse season and one of the things that can happen is that you have repeated like, like staccato, you know, um, uh, events that are big, um, you know, it's like big wave sets are coming through. Big waves are coming and they come in sets. And it's, it's hard to feel like these big energetic waves are crashing down on you and, you know, close together, repeated in succession. And one of the things I've learned over time with these moon cycles, because especially in the comments section, if you watch, you can really tell who's getting rocked, you know, in the way that they're commenting. And I actually posted a video on Instagram <laughs> last night, I think it was, or yeah, it was a couple nights ago, maybe. It was really, um, it was this woman who was like kind of um, just jogging out into her driveway to like get something. And she tripped on a crack in the pavement and just spilled out. And she's like caught on this like surveillance video or something. And she's just laying there and she goes, <laughs> she goes, fuck, fuck this. <laughs> she was like, fuck this life. I can't take anymore. She's just like, <laughs> it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Like she wiped out in the driveway and was just laying there and just, you know, like that event was just the one that, that <laughs> just tipped it all over. And then, you know, she ended up laughing and getting up when someone came to check on her. But I, 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 I thought that is, this is what eclipse season is like, you know, you're walking along and one thing happens and it's not the biggest thing in the world. It's the fact that it's the fourth or fifth biggish thing that's happened and you're suddenly you're just like screw this you know i'm done <laughs> um it's hard to go through periods of time where there are major astrological transits you know happening cl close in succession there's a reason that eclipse videos are always the time when you know subscribership goes up on the channel um there's more uh more people watching the videos than you know pretty much any other time and that's because eclipses bring to mind the fact that, okay, we're going, we're, you know, we're coming around a tight uh, turn again, karmically, and everyone perks up, you know, um, Mercury's turning retrograde right after this uh, eclipse with in a close, pretty close conjunction to Uranus. Um, so what I want to say is that it's easy to get like astrological fatigue. You know, I, I've sometimes joked, like we need like an astrological wellness checks, you know, how are you doing after the 40th transit in a row? But here's the thing is that people sometimes are going to be like, you know, it, it, we, we joke about this. So I, I, and I, I like to laugh at these things too. Well, screw 2023, you know, let's hope for a better, but here's the thing. It's not going to be better in 2024 or 25 or 26 or 20 ever, you know? And the reason for that is that what we're really looking at is we're looking at archetypal weather. We're, we're talking about the fact that reality is a pattern generating uh, form of expression and it, it moves in these uh, familiar patterns. One of those patterns is that big wave sets come in occasionally and there's just, they're just big waves and those waves are, they're powerful and they're, and they take themes that we're all familiar with and they crank up the volume and the strength and the potency in which they, they wash over us. That is natural. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that you need. There's not a test that you need to pass. There's not 
a something that you have to get done during this period. There's not a talisman to wear or, a, you know, it's like there's nothing, there's no, there's no special reason that any of this is happening either any more than we need to look up and, and, you know, say that there's one special reason the sun is shining or that it's rainy or that it's snowing or that it's autumn. Shocking, disturbing events, big events, energetically overwhelming events in close succession. That's part of reality. It's just part of it. Learning to live with it and accept it as part of what is, is the best coping mechanism. If you look at what the ancient astrologers said, why do we study this? We study it so that we can be, uh, so that we can develop equanimity and a kind of cosmic poise within ourselves. Um, doesn't mean you don't go through the events. It means that you experience them with a sense of deepening love, uh, intimacy, that, that meaning is created through the living out of the events. It really helps us to stop thinking that what's happening right now is so exceptional. Okay, it's eclipse season. There's always a million transits going on. This is not abnormal. In fact, this is normal. This is the norm. Now, I think that we create a lot of stress for ourselves. And because we create a lot of stress for ourselves in lots of different ways, and I'm going to try to talk about all the ways we create stress for ourselves. Just look at your own life. Look at I look at my life and I go, oh, I look at all the ways I create stress for myself. There's so many. Um, so because we're often, you know, uh, making things more complicated and, and so much more stressful than they have to be when these successive waves come in, which is natural, not abnormal. We think that they're natural or abnormal because we experience them, uh, washing over and through all the different areas of our life. And we find it very difficult to manage, but that's because our lives have become unmanageable, right? That's because, we're trying too hard to be too many different things that we aren't, or we're uh, stressing ourselves out with uh, too many expectations of ourselves. Our inner voices are too intense and not nice enough. Um, we're expecting too much out of other people. We're not taking good care of our bodies. So many different reasons that when natural strings of successive astrological events occur, we think somehow the astrology is exceptional, when really it's that our lives are exceptionally stressed out. And of course, so of course, an exceptionally stressed out life is going to experience any kind of natural, uh, you know, intensity in the weather, even the physical weather as like adding to my stress. So, I mean, one thing that for me has been very liberating is to realize that um, these these successive events are are natural. They're They're just part of things. So too is our craziness and our stress and our busyness. So we can actually we can take some pressure off of ourselves and say, well, I'm doing the best I can. I'm just a crazy little human. Um, so let's make let's take it let's take a moment to defend and advocate and protect our vulnerable, crazy-making nature alongside of the crazy-making nature that that is eclipse season. It's okay. It's all it's all good. It's all part of um, this life. Uh, even that shift of, of mind and mood can help. Or anyway, sometimes when it rains, it pours. So the other thing is that, you know, there are seasons in our lives. Set, set aside, you know, just the mundane level at which we're, you know, we're tripping in the driveway and falling on our back and, you know, like screaming at the gods or whatever. Sometimes there are seasons in our life that 
it's it's not just about dealing with a lot of energy or repeated intense events that are manageable but amplified by our already crazy lives. No, we're talking about when you lose something. You know, you you lose a parent, you lose a lover, you lose both within a week. Sometimes there are seasons of incredible loss and stress and trauma. And that's real too. That's a that's a part of what these seasons can imply. These seasons are often the ones in which I see people dealing with the major health issues with, I mean, there can be really big events and it's not just that, you know, well, it's, it's, it's raining again and let's just get used to the fact that it rains. Now, sometimes when it rains, it absolutely pours and it floods our lives and we go through a healing transformation and crisis. And if that's you right now, just know that you're not alone. There's a lot of people going through things, uh, you know, when these, um, these kinds of astrological events come along. Uh, people sometimes go through some of the most important, traumatic, uh, but but uh, maybe life-changing uh, events that they'll go through. The kind that will have a positive impact on your life that you may not be able to recognize for five years, you know. But um, but you will. Now, the one thing I wanted to say about this is that um, I've never I've in. All my years of doing astrology, I'd say 90% of my clients, when they go through major traumatic, difficult events, you know, during big transits, um, eventually they say that was some of the most important, beautiful things that ever happened to me. That is like 90% of the time what people say with enough time to heal and get perspective. And But when you're in it, you're in it. And so if you're in it right now, if you're really going through something, just know that you're not alone and that um, the, the goal, you know, if I had to say like the spiritual goal or, or purpose of having astrology in our lives is to sanctify uh, the moment, to know that this season is orchestrated by a cosmos that is ultimately loving, meaningful, beautiful, uh, and um, worth putting our faith in as a, as a process that we're participating in. I hope that you can find that faith in the midst of anything you might be going through right now that's really challenging because sometimes it's not just rain it's not just big wave sets it pours and it, you know it, it 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 wipes out your house i recently talked to someone who had an astrological transit that their, their house burned down they just got a new house they were literally moving in and uh, it was a pluto transit to their house uh, to their moon and they literally had their house burned down can you imagine you know i mean that's a big event and there's a lot worse than that. But sometimes, you know, that's what the astrology brings. It brings, you know, really heavy, intense events. Um, so if that's you right now, keep the faith. It will be okay. You will get through this. Trust that there is, there are, there is a design to our fate and our destiny that we can't always see when we're in the midst of something challenging, but we will eventually. So that is my, uh, ultimately, I hope a hopeful message for people out there who are, you know, maybe like, okay, listen, <laughs> you know, nice advice here, but I'm getting my shit rocked, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> so if, uh, if we can all maybe join ourselves sprawled out on the concrete, like lifting the middle finger to the gods, <laughs> like, come on guys, this is, this is insane. I'm done. Um, but I hope that you found some laughter and some insights uh, and some sense of not being alone in it this week. 
that's what I've got for today. I hope you all have a wonderful uh, eclipse. Tell us your stories in the chat uh, in the chat section. If you want, you can use the hashtag grabbed uh, and uh, or email us your story, grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. One of the ancient names for the planets were grahas or grabbers. They grab our consciousness. They move us around like puppets. But if we study astrology, then we participate in the unfolding of the planetary energies. And the dual meaning of the word graha means to grasp. We understand something of what they're doing in our lives. So uh, with that, have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.